0: Savior, Yeshua Messiah. Bless you father, in the name of our Lord and Savior, Yeshua Hamashiach, Jesus Christ. Thank you all for joining us once again on Kadoshika, Holy Worship, Understanding the Music of the Bible. I'm Robert Randall, your host. Welcome, one and all. Thank you all who listen to the show on Hebrew Nation Radio, as well as those who listen on the podcast platform, Spotify, Google Play apple you name it thank you for the reviews the hearts the feedback as well as your financial support and prayers we cover it all and we thank you for uh, what you're doing to keep Hebrew nation radio and unique bible studies like this alive father in heaven we give you all the glory today as we delve into a two possibly three part uh section on hebrew vocal music We ask for your Holy Spirit to edify us and help us to understand more about this unique area of study. In Yeshua's name, amen. Hebrew Vocal Music The vocal music of the Israelites is just as mysterious as most of the instruments we've discussed in previous seasons thus far. It is sketchy as to what the earliest written music would have looked like historically, what is known primarily from traditional cantillation. Cantillation is believed to have come from the Masoretes, from whom we get the Jewish Publication Society's JPS Masoretic Translation. The name Masoret means tradition, and as such, during the compilation of the Hebrew Bible for Orthodox Masoretes, place cantillation marks amongst the Hebrew writing for the vocalist to be able to understand how the Hebrew text was to be enunciated. Sound varies based on the devotional poetry being recited. A song commemorating the Pesach or Passover will sound different from a reading done during a Shabbat or Sabbath service. When such music is performed, there is no written or determined meter. The text naturally carries the flow based on its means of consonant dominance, which allows melodic play and harmony amongst the text to flow At the singer's discretion as they sing the notation so if you recall from one of our earlier broadcasts in season one we played for you uh, by the rivers of babylon a cantillation piece this is very similar um, to what we're describing here in modern synagogue worship in the midst of the services we have the shiliach sabor who officiates many of the traditional prayers found in a Jewish Sidur, or prayer book. Traditional prayers are called Nusa melodies. The centerpiece of prayer in this tradition is the Amidah, or the silent prayer. There is also the song sung to welcome in the Sabbath every Friday night. Lecha Dodi, Go My Beloved. A particular distinction between cantillation and Nusa is that Nusa has no notation. The officiator determines the meter meter appropriate to the occasion. Improvisation naturally follows. Within the Babylonian Talmud, in the the Langes commentary of the Psalms, we find an ancient description of temple worship for the Levites in their instrumental and vocal processions. A signal is given from the cymbals, of twelve Levites on the broad steps of the temple, leading the congregation to the outer court, where the priests play nine lyres, two harps, and one set of cymbals. A psalm is sung while officiating priests begin pouring the drink libations. Younger Levites supported the tenor by singing or playing other instruments, but not simultaneously. Trumpet players on both sides of the cymbals blew their horns to give the division to the psalms. The Tanakh details David's Levitical pointing of musicians in 1 Chronicles 25. Chapter 15 verses 16 through 24 of the same book gives in great detail by name and by order of the Levite priesthood as to who would play which instrument. Verse 22 says, And Hananiah, chief of the Levites, was for song because he instructed about the song that he was skillful. This would imply in orchestration, praising God that a conductor was present to orchestrate the musicians that surrounded the ark. Hananiah, the head of the Levites, orchestrated the music, the cantor lyrics, as well as the instrumentation. Certainly such management was not in the modern sense with the use of a baton or the precursor use of a large wooden stick thumped on the ground to keep the orchestra in tempo. Tehillah. When examining the book of Psalms, it is curious to find what is believed to be a volume of five books. The contents of the Psalms tell stories of David's life from shepherd boy to king of Israel. His sin with Bathsheba and his redemption through the Almighty are poetically adopted into psalm form. Other psalms are written by singers, cantors from the house of Korah. One is by the prophet Moses, another by King Solomon, and others are written by the chief music, musician of David's temple, Asaph. This understanding fleshes out the psalms in a way that helps reiterate important Biblical narratives and ancient Semitic concepts. The Psalms in many ways are perhaps the best introduction as, uh, as music is a universal human connection. Even children can learn the simplest concept of who God is while learning their alphabet using the longest chapter of the Bible, Psalm 119. While those wanting to know more about the history of Israel, Jesus Christ, Yeshua Mashiach, and their prophetic significance will find rich treasures within. See Psalm 22, 69, 110, and 118. The Song of Moses in the Tanakh. Moses was a great man of God, a lawgiver and a prophet. He was also an accomplished musician, the only musician who has his music throughout the Torah, law, ketuvim, writings, and the revelation gospel of Jesus Christ in the Brit Hadashah or New Testament. Such a staple of written accomplishment is worth examining in detail, for the very reason that, as a man of God, uh, as a man used of God, his writings hold a lot of weight throughout the volume of Scripture to Hebrews and Christians. We'll we'll begin at Shemot, Exodus fifteen verses one through nineteen, is the first mention of vocal music in Scripture, in English and Hebrew. It is, it is, it is rhythmically. And it is, it is rhythmically flowing, um, almost in our modern construct in English. To look upon a Torah is distinctive and ornate in its original Hebrew transcription. Standing out prominently with crowns embroidered, as if Israel is giving thanks, laying down their crowns as the anointed chosen people before God, before the God of heaven who has just delivered them. Keep the hermeneutical flow of the Psalms in mind when reading this. Exodus one fifteen, or Exodus fifteen one through nineteen. I will sing to Jehovah, for He is highly exalted. The horse and his rider, He has thrown into the sea. Jehovah is my strength and song; He has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will glorify Him. My Father's God, and I will exalt Him. Praise is given in thanksgiving and jubilation for the God of miracles and deliverance. Yehovah is a man of war. Yehovah is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his host he has cast into the sea, and his chosen captains are sunk into the reed sea. The deeps cover them. They went down into the depths like a stone. Your right hand, O Yehovah, glorious in power, your right hand, O Yehovah, destroys the pieces of the enemy, and in the greatness of your excellency you overthrew them. That rise up against your wrath. It consumes them as stubble. With the blast of your nostrils, the waters are piled up, the floods stood straight as a heap, the deeps are congealed in the heart of the sea. The detail of his accomplishments and of the great deeds told in musical lore, verses 3 through 8, detail God's judgment upon the enemies of his people. Interesting is the attributing judgment of his right hand, generally considered a hand of compassion and mercy, while his left is considered a hand of judgment. The language of the, of the Ancient of Days, sitting on the right hand of God, is seen as one who has all power and authority to show grace symbolically, for example, in the book of Daniel. <clears throat> the symbology of God's hands can be seen in the left hand of judgment through the judge Eha, Judges 3, verses 15 through 22, Daniel 7 um mirroring the same kingdom language as matthew and revelation 20 dividing the sheep right hand from the goats left hand the enemy said i will pursue continuing on the song of moses i will overtake i will divide the spoil my lust shall be satisfied upon them i will draw my sword my hand shall destroy them you did blow with your wind the sea did cover them they sank as lead in the mighty waters who is like you, O Yehovah, among the mighty? Who is like you, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? You outstretched your right hand. The earth swallowed them. Despite the enemy's rage to kill and destroy, the Almighty prevailed, much as he would with those who would rebel against Israel in the midst of the camp. Korah's rebellion comes to mind, swallowed by the earth. Number 16, verse 32. Continuing on, you and your love have led the people that you have redeemed, and you have guided them in your strength to your holy mountain. The people have heard they tremble. Pangs, they have taken hold of the inhabitants of Felicia. Then were the chiefs of Edom afraid. The mighty men of Moab, trembling, takes hold of them. The inhabitants of Canaan are melted away. Terror and dread falls upon them. By the greatness of your arm, they are as still as a stone. To your people pass over, O Jehovah, Till the people pass over, you have gotten you bring them in, and plant them in the mountain of your inheritance. The place, O Yehovah, which you have made, for you to dwell in, the sanctuary, O Yehovah, which your hands have established, Yehovah, shall reign forever and ever. The shockwaves of God's warfare have stilled the nations, allowing the prophecy to unfold for Israel's destiny into the promised land of Canaan, establishing the grand plan that is unique apart from all other world religions. The prophetic majesty, loving presentation, holy sanctuary, treasury of inheritance, a constitutional covenant, and cornerstone of an eternal kingdom throughout, uh, uh, of an eternal kingdom brought from heaven to earth. For the horses of the Pharaoh were in his chariots, and with his horsemen into the sea, and Jehovah brought back the waters of the sea upon them. But the children of Israel walked on dry land, in the midst of the sea. Concluded with the chorus. Is the reiteration of the victory and preservation of Israel as a nation, along with a solo by Miriam, Moses' sister, who is given the title of prophetess, closing the tune with a final chant of the chorus Sing unto Jehovah, for he is highly exalted. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. The Deuteronomy Song. Moses continues his repertoire of music by assigning a song in remembrance of Deuteronomy 31. Here Moses is setting his affairs in order, having been told to make a copy of the book of the law for the Levites and the congregation. After appointing his successor, Joshua, and the time of his death is imminent, Moses is told the foreseeable future of Israel's corruption and idolatry, expounding the consequences of Israel's fate placed in the Ark of the Covenant as a testimony for Moses' sake to warn the people so that there is no blood on his hands. Now today, if you write this song for you and teach it to the children of Israel, put it in their mouths that this song may be a witness for me against the children of Israel. Verse 19, it came to pass when Moses had made an end of writing the words of the law in a book until they were finished. Then Moses commanded the Levites that bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord saying, take this book of the law and put it by and put it beside the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, that it may be there for a witness against you. Having received the revelation, and that's verses 24 through 26. Having received the revelation, which Moses is to reciprocate to the children of Israel, the covenant of, of the patriarchs is reaffirmed for Israel's destiny as a kingdom nation of priests, detailing that Israel is in great sin and will continue to fall forever, steeped in iniquity. The final statement, evil will befall you in the end of days, is puzzling. One could refer to Israel's divorce in Jeremiah 30 through 32, chapters 30 through 32, or in the end of days at Jesus' return. It is indeed no secret that the modern nation of Israel has not changed its rebellious state, being host to the largest parade of homosexuality in the world. Surely Moses' song is needed for such sinful souls to turn back to the God that loved them and chose them from the beginning with Father Abraham. Thankfully, Messiah Yeshua reunited covenant Israel to all who believe in his name to become children of God, once again by his body and blood, signified by the promise of the Melchizedek priesthood in Genesis 14, verses 18-20. Deuteronomy 32, verses 1-3 begins opening with praise to God Moses citing his words as deep waters compare the messiah's words in Matthew chapter 5 verse 6 John 4 verses 7 through 15 chapter 6 verse 35 and 7 verses 32 through 42 verses 4 through 6 this is in um, this is in Deuteronomy God is described as a faithful as faithful without iniquity the foundation and creator of mankind Moses calls him the Rock, a fitting title that ascribes God to His kingdom as a sure foundation for living a fulfilled and abundant life. The Nevi'im prophets, Talmudim apostles, and the prophet we are to hear and obey in Deuteronomy 18, verse 20, the Messiah, um, speak speaks of a God as the Rock in Exodus 17, verse 6; Numbers 20, verse 8; 8, Deuteronomy 8:15; 8, First Samuel 2, verse 2. Etc., etc., verses 7 through 18 declare God's preservation of Israel as a nation and Israel as a patriarchal dynasty that preserved God's prominent inheritance for his people and nation. Once again, the tone shifts at verse 13 at the height of the prosperity for Israel as a nation, emblematically named Jeshuram, sometimes translated. Jesurus, meaning upright, forgets God and begins to rebel in idolatry. This tone progresses into God's context of chastisement and judgment of Israel by nations with gods that are not gods, and from peoples who are not peoples in God's eyes. God's jealousy burns for his people, knowing that he must stand firm in his word as described in Deuteronomy 28, outlining the conditional covenant blessings, and disobedience that would follow. The first 14 verses declaring loving worship in obedience if they will hear and obey, Shema and Shemar, in Hebrew. The remaining verses of this chapter outline the curses and persecution of nations that would follow if Israel would not listen and obey. The Song of Moses in the Book of the Law is confirmation that Israel would be divorced from the rock of their salvation in Jeremiah chapters 31 through 33. This is further shown by God's usage of the nations as a tool, reluctant it would seem in verses 26 and 27, to allow them to continue to persecute Israel as her enemies. For they are hotly hotly attributing to their own strength, being described with the nation of Sodom, having bitter poisonous wine of gall, like that of serpents. With this theme in mind, the remainder of the song discusses warfare and God's redemption and prosperity for his people. This holds a larger role within contemporary theological debates as to the nature of verses 8 through 9, which translate in the Masoretic text as the sons of Israel versus the older, more ancient Septuagint Dead Sea Scrolls translation of sons of God, suggesting. Suggesting, as Dr. Michael Heiser's book, The Unseen Realm, that this song of Moses refers to the cosmic battle of principalities and powers among the gods and the nations that worship them afar. The fall of Babylon in Genesis 4, Satan and the king of this rebellion wants to make war with the God of the universe and his people. Israel being separate and called out from the nations is not listed, and his thought, according to Heiser's knowledge, of linguistics and cultural mindset that such a world view would be understood by Israel. The catch is that the song is to be taught to the children of succeeding generations. Verse twenty-six. The content of this portion of our talk is too long for the format of this podcast and will be continued in the upcoming book, Kadoshika, Holy Worship. And now it is time for our meditative Tehillah from our book of Davidic Psalms. Enjoy. As always, brethren, I leave you with a meditative Tehillah from a book of Davidic Tehillim, Psalm chapter 30. Joy comes in the morning. I will extol you, O Yehovah, for you have lifted me up and have not made my foes to rejoice over me. O Yahuwah, my God, I cried unto you, and you healed me, O Lord. You have brought up my soul from the grave. You have kept me alive that I should not go down to the pit. Sing unto Yehovah, O saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I cried unto you, O Yehovah, and unto Yehovah I made supplication. You have turned my mourning into dancing. You have put off my sackcloth and girded me with gladness. To the end that my glory may sing praise to thee and not be silent. O Lord, my Elohim, I will give thanks unto you forever. Sorrow and weeping may endure for a night. However, joy comes in the morning when you trust in the Lord. Elohim will turn your mourning into dancing and gird you with gladness. When you cry unto Yehovah, he will not let the enemy triumph over you. He will bring you out of the pit and establish your ways. Let the Lord turn your sorrow into dancing. Remember in your daily worship and meditation to make a joyful noise unto Yeshua and to praise Him and love Him with all your heart. And now, if you'd like to find out more about your host, here's some contact information. If you'd like to find out more about your host, you can go to my official website at robertrandallmusic.com where you can read my bio and see the various projects that I've worked on for uh, with One Accord Ministries as well as listen to my albums, my first album, That Perfect Moment, a solo piano relaxing album with background orchestration of original composition works, and EP, as well as my second album, which is a classical piano album called A Classical Baroque Musician, featuring some of the most well-known beloved classical pieces from three genres of classical composers, including Beethoven, Bach, Mozart, and Chopin. You can also find me on social music media, on SoundBirth app, which allows musicians to collaborate as well as promote their music on Spotify and YouTube, and get advice from music managers on how to better their craft and their uh, their ability to be a better musician. You can also find me on BandLab.com at Robert Randall Music. You can also find me on Soundtrap.com or the Soundtrap app. Robert Randall Music, Soundtrap is a digital audio workstation allowing for aspiring musicians to create audio content via loops or through live instruments, as well as connecting with musicians all over the globe on the Skype platform and the chat platform to create works of art in music, as well as podcast content creation for distribution on the Spotify platform. Whether you're a solo musician, a band, or an aspiring content creator, Soundtrap is the platform for you. Also, if you're an educator wanting to teach your class using the creative arts, Soundtrap is also a great way to teach your students in a very fun and creative environment. Finally, brethren, we are not here without your precious prayers and financial support to Hebrew Nation Radio, Intervision FM, and our podcast providers. Hebrew Nation Radio is a 501c3 ministry, a radio broadcast, and a bookstore. Delivering the gospel of salvation through Jesus Christ, the gospel of the kingdom prophetically for our named destiny, calling in the body of Christendom, and delivering the Torah to the nations, to those curious about the Hebraic roots of the Christian faith. Heber Nation Radio, Building a Nation, Not a Denomination, now reaches a million visitors every day on HeberNationOnline.com on the Heber Nation app as well as on the Hebrew Nation Online podcast and the newest engagement in our Mighty Network's Hebrew Nation Online community. We'd like to thank Roland and the crew for all that they've done to support Holy Worship. You can also listen to Holy Worship as an individual podcast on whatever podcast platform that you get your podcast provided on. If you enjoy holy worship, the music of the Bible, please consider making a donation at the link included at every podcast description of every episode on the podcast to keep us going with our podcast provider on FM. We'd also like to thank Johnny Johnson and crew at Intervision.fm for also broadcasting our podcast every Friday at five thirty PM on Intervision. Dot fm. Intervision.fm is an online radio station broadcasting us on KINV-DB Internet Radio on Live 365 on the 365 app and website for Internet Radio. FM recently won the 2021 Denver Honorary of, of the Mayor's Award for Excellence in the, uh, the Arts and Culture and that has been an award that's been presented since 1986. You can find Johnny Johnson and crew on YouTube or on various Denver TV networks as well as on Intervision.fm and uh, listen to their radio station and watch their YouTube show as well every Wednesday. Thank you so much, uh, guys, for allowing Holy Worship to be broadcast on Intervision FM. It is a unique opportunity as well for those who are in the blind and visually impaired community and those with uh, various disabilities to be able to learn the ability to broadcast their content be it music or podcasting on online radio and intervision fm works with its mission to educate people with disabilities to have a voice uh, in the denver community so we thank intervision fm for all that they're doing uh, especially for someone who resonates with their vision to help people with disabilities to have a voice, uh, not only for the gospel of Christ, but for those seeking to have a voice through the soul and and operation of music. And thank you, everyone, for listening today. And I hope that you have a blessed Sabbath. And until next time, I'm Robert Randall, signing out. Be blessed, everyone.